Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the series we started a few weeks ago called What We Gonna Do? Uh, I explained it when I started it. It, it, The title sort of came out of the Jungle Book movie where the vultures are sitting around on a branch. We showed the clip back then. It was really funny. Now I'm thinking I probably have to do that every service, but I'm not gonna. So what we're gonna do, we had just finished a very long series looking at things that Jesus said and the idea behind this one is uh, some, you know, amazing things. We spent 21 weeks, I think, in that series. You know, what do we do now? What do we, what do we continue to do as believers? And uh, I've said, you know, that, that part of our mission uh, as believers is to help pre-Christians come uh, into and know Jesus to connect to the kingdom of God. And that we do this by being people uh, living by trying to do the next right thing and then looking for... Um, opportunities to share the radical message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in this series, we're, we're looking at those two things, you know, how we continually yield to the Spirit doing the next right thing, and also we're talking about the good news, the gospel, making sure we know that, and then um, how, you know, how we can find ways to share that with others appropriately so that they can hear it and receive it. And what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the Lord being good uh, and, and what that means and what that looks like and how important that is uh, that we understand that as we convey this message uh, to the world around us. So that's the intro. Always a little bad joke from there into the, the rest of the series. As you know, I am going to mention John the Baptist uh, just for a little bit uh, in the message today. So I, I thought of this and I thought that this would make a fine bad joke for you because the option is always a bad joke. But um, what do um, Winnie the Pooh and John the Baptist have in common? They, they both have the same middle names. <laughs> okay, that's one of my favorites. Sorry you didn't get it. The scripture reading is here on purpose (laughs) because it gets me out of trouble. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 9. This is out of the message paraphrase. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me. From my anxious fears, look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I want to talk tonight, first point I want to talk about is this, about the call on us to spread the news. Spread the news. 
um, that, that we've been talking about this. We're called to be tellers in the kingdom of God. We're the ones that have been entrusted with this, this amazing message, the, 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 the ministry of reconciliation, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that God has made a way in Christ for us to be reconciled to him, no longer counting men's sins against them, but, but having gone to the cross um, to pay for sin for all time, so that, that we could um, be restored to him by coming to faith in Christ and having a relationship with God. Uh, and so this is amazing good news. There's this, the thing about the gospel, about the good news, there's nothing better than this. This is the best deal in the universe. No matter where else you look, no matter what else you try, no matter what else you've done, you'll find that there is absolutely nothing that compares to the deal that we have in Jesus. That God has made a way for us when, when, when we don't deserve a way, and yet he has made a way for us to be seen even now. This is, and this is what amazes me. That, that God chooses, as, as we come to faith in Christ, God chooses now to see us in the perfection of his son. That's what justification is about. Just as if I had not sinned. We understand that we're still a broken mess and that we're in the process of cooperating with the Spirit as He works in us to, to continue out until Jesus comes back or we go to be with Him. That's how long that process is. But God already sees us in the perfection of His Son as if we'd never sinned. This is an amazing deal. There's nothing like it. And we need to be... Uh, sort of in awe of that all the time. It should be a constant, it should have a constant impact on our lives as we live this life of what that means. In 1 Peter 2, verse 3, it says, Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now that you have come into this whole process as believers in Christ, now that you have, have this understanding, it should impact us in the way that we relate to others. That we're to be a people who love to tell the story of Jesus and his love for us, how amazing he is, how good he is, um, the, the real and abundant life that we find in him, that the heart of God is that he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to have fun now and forever. Somewhere along the way, though, some things start to creep in into this process and, and at some level, we get the idea that to follow Jesus is to always be serious and to not have a whole lot of fun. And, and unfortunately, this is the perception that many people have of Jesus and his church. And, and I used to think that way myself. I, if you've, you've heard parts of my story here and there and over time, but, but I was clearly presented the gospel for the first time in my life at 19, after a pretty significant event in my life, the first time I'd heard it clearly, I'd heard it once at 18, but, but at 19 clearly, from someone who had earned the right to share it with me. And, and it all sounded good and something that I thought, that, you know, that sounds like a pretty good thing. And, and at 19, I said, no, for this reason. I, I remember processing it through. This guy and I talked all night. I don't understand how you have any fun as a Christian. That was my big holdup and dilemma. I don't see how you have any fun. Because um, I thought what the world had to offer was way more fun. And, and so I went back out and pursued that for another six years before I figured out it wasn't as much fun as I thought. Um, but, but see, that was the issue that I was facing. And I think that, that oftentimes um, people begin to get the idea that, that if they come to Christ, 
that, that, that means it. They're just done. They've got to get serious. And, and they're just going to have to work hard their whole lives for Jesus. And they'll never enjoy life. And they're sort of waiting for the promise of what's coming next. And it's all a big sacrifice up until that point in time. But that is not a good understanding of this good news that we've been given in Christ. That's not the reality of the situation. Now, you know, certainly in Christ there will be some things that we, we choose not to do any longer. But, but the reality is that those things that aren't good for our soul aren't good for our lives. And you won't miss them at all. Um, uh, the reality is that this life in Christ, when Jesus said, I've come that they might have life to the full, he means that. Apart from him, we can't have a full life. So full and abundant life is experienced in him. And so what we have to understand is this, and it's very important. Point number two, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's good. You know, where this starts to become a, an issue for folks is that I think because we live in a fallen world on a broken planet and we see some stuff that's not good going on that we have a tendency to sort of blame God for that stuff and, and the reality is he's not at fault nor is he to blame the, the, the problem there's so much mess in the world the reason there's so much mess is because we've chosen to go our own way in sin and the consequences of, of that sin have destroyed the planet and the world that was created. He's making a way to put it all back together. But, but right now it's a big mess. And so, so we have a tendency, I think people do, to want to blame the mess on God. And, and it's a misplaced blame. And they go, well, how can you say the Lord is good when this is happening and this is happening and this is happening? The reality is the Lord is good. Always good. Because he's made a way for us to have relationship with him forever. And he's on track to put everything back right again. We're the ones that messed it up, not him. So his goodness looks past our, our constant desire to turn and walk away from him. And, and has made a way to put it all back right. And, and that, that, you know, all of this will ultimately put back right. But he wants us to experience life now. It's not all hanging on tomorrow. He's here now. Uh, he's come and inaugurated the kingdom, and there's a way for us to have life now. Doesn't mean we won't experience some difficulties, because we will. Um, that's part of the deal. He even says it's part of the deal. But, but see, when you come to Christ, you've begun your eternal life now. And so, so we, we are experiencing in part the kingdom of God already. Not to its full extent, but... but it tastes and, and pieces and parts because we know the, that there's a bigger picture and plan. And so we can look at life differently. You know, Jesus, when you read the Gospels, I hope you read the Gospels and you understand that Jesus liked to have fun. If that's not your picture of Jesus, you need to go back and reread the Gospels. Um, do you know in, 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 uh, that Jesus loved to go to parties? And I'm serious. And the reason I say that, go and read the Gospels. If you read Mark, Luke, and John, the first two chapters of each one, you'll find Jesus at a party. So, so the Gospel writers immediately begin in this, their, their deal that right away they want to tell you that Jesus used to go to parties and he liked to go to parties. He goes to parties in Matthew as well. They just are introduced a little bit later in the process. And not only did he go to these events, he seemed to have such a good time there that the established religious community of the day called him a glutton and a drunkard. Luke 7, 34. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors 
and sinners. So this was the view of the established religious community, of the lifestyle of Jesus. Um, but what Jesus loved was people, and so he went where the people were. And he, he, he was with them, and he enjoyed them, and he celebrated them. You know, he came, right? His mission was to come to seek and save the lost. So he was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, and he was where they were at, and he enjoyed being with them. And it was in this enjoyment that people, it caught people's attention. Because, you know, if you, if you read, a lot of times what would happen is these, they would come to Jesus, and they'd say, what do I need to do? He, he was just hanging out with them, and they'd say, what, what do you want me to do? I just want to live with you, love with you, follow you, be with you. That's all I'm looking for, Jesus. Um, but, but somehow, this, this idea of not having any fun is tied into this sort of religiosity that we have to be very careful of. And it, this happened, and it happens, it continually happens, but you can see it right away in the Gospels, happening with the disciples of John the Baptist. I said I was going to talk about him. Mark chapter 2, verse 15 through 18. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. He was at a party. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, that's the established religious community, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, John's disciples... And the Pharisees were fasting. And some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? See, the disciples of Jesus were feasting, and the disciples of John the Baptist were fasting, and the difference is so obvious that the people come and ask Jesus about it. How, how is it that John's disciples, the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, and yours are not? And Jesus tells them, the wedding guests don't fast while they're celebrating with the groom. See, at the heart of the difference between the disciples of Jesus and John the Baptist is the way that they're looking at things. See, John's message, John the Baptist stressed the importance of repentance because of the, the coming judgment and punishment of God. Jesus' message, which certainly includes the need for repentance, but he also includes the need for rejoicing and celebrating that God was good and was making a way for the lost to be reunited in relationship to him. The kingdom of God was coming. And that was good news for everyone who believed. Jesus' message was to turn from the old way of doing things, to fix our eyes on him, and to follow him into the eternal kingdom of God where there will be rejoicing and celebrating. So, so we, we want to be careful that we don't get stuck in this place of, of the, the sort of the message of John the Baptist. Not that it's not an important message, but it doesn't have the, what Jesus brings. It, it has the idea of repentance, which is so necessary. But it's a repentance unto life in him, the life that we'll experience now and forever. And it's an amazing life. There's nothing like it. It's a, it's a joyous life. It's not a life where we can just go and do whatever we want. That's what I'm talking about at all. But it's a life where, where there's a freedom and there's a, there's a, you know, in the Holy Spirit, there's, there's adventure and there's excitement and there's, there's a, we don't have to be afraid of the things that the world is afraid of. We don't have to be stuck under the, the constant bombardment of bad news that just tossed at us all the time. We don't have to get wrapped up in, in all of the mess that the culture wants to get wrapped up in because we've already found the best deal in the universe. 
Now we just have to live as good citizens here, to the best of our ability, but, but remembering that we're citizens of the kingdom of God and, and that we're to tell others that there's a better life available now and forever than what they're experiencing if they don't know Jesus. And so what we have to do is we have to invite them to taste and see. That's the third thing. Come and taste and see that God is good. There's more to life than you're experiencing. What's the kingdom of God like? Matthew 22, Jesus tells a parable. I love parables. Because you just got to think about parables. That's why he tells them. Jesus spoke to them again in a parable saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them, Come, they refused to come. Then he sent more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calves have been butchered. Everything's ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they, they paid no attention. Went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army, destroyed those murders, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners. Invite to the banquet anyone you find. So his servants went out into the streets. They gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man who, uh, there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he said, how'd you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside in the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. So, listen, here's the deal. You're invited to this kingdom of God party. Now, sometimes people don't know what to wear to a party. Sometimes they don't know what to bring to a party. That still happens, right? You ever get invited to somewhere and you're not exactly sure how to dress? You think now, well, down here it's a little easier because, you know, it's shorts. It's more what color shorts. It's kind of the big topic. And which pair of Crocs or... Uh, that's it. That's the extent of the thing. Give me a shirt that matches. I'm good to go. But in a lot of places, you know, well, is this a formal party? Is this a, how, how many, what, what should we bring? Uh, that's a tough, you know, don't, well, should we bring anything at all? What do we, what do we bring? Do we, is it a plant? You know, what, what do we bring? Um, and then, you know, how should we act when we go there? What, what's going to be happening? You know, should, am I, am I supposed to be the life of this party? Or am I supposed to be very subdued? You know, so we have all these questions. But here's the good news is that Jesus prepares us for the party. That's what the cross is all about. See, see, Jesus takes away all our sins and mess at the cross. He takes away everything that would keep us from being a part of this kingdom of God party. See, we don't, so we don't have to worry about any of that in Christ. This is, this is really good news. Jesus has taken care of it. Jesus has made a way for all of it. Jesus has already dealt with it. All we have to do is rest in that and live in that. And so the, the kingdom of God is a celebration. It's peace. It's, it's life. It's real, full, and abundant life now and forever. And we're invited to this party. You come to Jesus and he takes away your sin and your shame. He takes away your heartache and your pain. And you can celebrate with him now and forever. And see, we're to get that so we can be inviters to others to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. But if we don't allow it to penetrate our life, we can't invite other people to it. And, and you know, if, if you are sharing someone this amazing message of good news, it should sound like good news. If it doesn't sound like good news, you don't, you're not doing it quite right. Because it should be good news. This is good news. There's nothing better than this. 
Uh, it's not licensed to go and do whatever you want. You know, I hope when you say that, and you hear me say that Jesus went to parties, you don't think, oh, you know, he liked to be with people and enjoy them and have fun. That this was a part of his life. My, my, I, I meet people all the time who have this picture of Jesus just kind of tromping around for three years with never a smile on his face. And, and it's not the right picture. You know, I hope your picture with Jesus is you see him. He goes to these events. He loves being with people. People loved being with Jesus. He wasn't a big frown face all the time. They wouldn't have been drawn to him if he was. They responded to Jesus. They wanted to be with Jesus. All sorts of people wanted to be with every type of person. Do you, you know, you, you get it. You know, the, the, the sinners and, the, and the, the tax collectors wanted to be with Jesus. Did you always notice there's always a gathering of religious people around him too? They don't, they don't know why they, they're there, but they, it's because they're drawn to Jesus. Now, they're going to get stuck in a box and, and not go out of it. But they wanted to be around Jesus because he's the bearer of this life. And, and knowing him, there's nothing like it. So you, so you have to taste and see. And, and my hope is you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And that, that that's where you found life. And that as you live that out, see, then we have news to share. The Lord is good. We invite people to come into the kingdom to taste and see for themselves. There's nothing like it, nothing better. It's not just coming in and all of a sudden now there's, these are the things that you can't do in the kingdom. The Holy Spirit does that. He takes care of that in people. What we tell them is this is where you will find life now and forever. And just allow the Spirit of God to move in you and to lead you in the, in the direction that He's taking you. And you'll experience life the way we're supposed to. We were created a full and abundant life. Even in the midst of the difficulties and the things that we deal with here, we can, we can always experience the life that we're called to in Him. A foretaste of what's coming as we keep our eyes fixed on Him. So, so that's my hope. Know how good God is in your own life. Always think about that. Always remember that. That, that even in the midst of hard times and difficult times, that he's got you, he's with you, he's for you, and you are his forever as a believer. And he's going to see you through each and every situation to the point that you're, you're with him now, you'll be with him forever. And you can trust him in that. And as you settle in that, then, then you can be those that tell others of this amazing good news that we have in him in a way that they can hear it and receive it. Well, that's where we're going to stop for today. If you're watching my video, thank you for doing that. We appreciate it very much. Uh, and uh, we'll see you soon.